0: Live from Cobb County, they're coming off the top rope. If they could actually climb up there. You got to get me! Don't do this! It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling.
1: With the road dog Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe.
2: The finishing move on Extra 1063 Atlantis Sports and Talk. Good evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of The Finishing Move, live from Cobb County in the Wellstar Health System Studios. Big John Radcliffe, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, Chris Colwell, here for another wonderful edition of The Finishing Move. Chris Colwell, how are you this
0: evening, sir? I am fantastic, Big John. It's good to be back. It was a good night of wrestling last night. And, well, I mean, call it what you will on Monday night. But uh, I'm ready to talk some wrestling, so let's get to it, brother. Road dog, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Been out at the 19th annual Buckingham K Tournament all day. A great event. Looking forward to day two tomorrow.
2: Are you eating?
1: I do have something in my mouth at the moment.
2: Yeah, it, it kind of sounds like it. You forgot we started at 7 o'clock, didn't you?
1: I thought the other show went over. What other show? Like the front row does to the Bulldog Roundtable every Tuesday and Thursday. I thought... The show in front of us just went over as long as they wanted. That
2: that sounds like something you need to take up with the host of the uh, front row.
1: I will. Tomorrow, right. at day two of the 19th annual Georgia's own Bucking Kincaid Classic.
2: As Road Dog is on remote, on location, as he has been working with the Bucking Kincaid Classic, hopefully one of these days there will be the finishing move classic. I don't think it will consist of golf. It'll what probably be our sport. It would probably be something more like cornhole.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that would be. What about disc fit. golf?
2: Nope, I don't um, think it'd be that. I'm, I'm nope, I think we're darts maybe.
1: Or 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 like playing uh WWE 2K whatever at that point.
2: Honestly, I think I'd even we'd even just to pay homage to the APA, it might just be cards. I didn't say poker. It might be like Uno. <laughs>
1: That's fine <Ken>? with me.
2: <laughs> Go fish? <laughs> well, look, we got a big show for you guys tonight cuz look, we're going to focus strictly here on AEW Dynamite from Daily's place cuz they put on my one man's opinion, I won't speak on behalf of my tag team partners. They put on a great show last night. And with everything that they had going on, where we saw the AEW championship put up on the line, we saw the tag team champions put up on the line, we saw a former WWE superstar. He has now become all elite. And as well, we'll start here where they were there, but now it is official as FTR They signed their contract with AEW, and they got what was promised. And, Road Dog, it seems like AEW is going to focus on the one thing that I think on this show collectively we focused on and we say that they've neglected. FTR, as they are now officially a part of AEW, on August 12th, they will have Tag Team Appreciation Night that will be hosted by FTR. Are you looking forward to now they're going to seem like they're going all in on their tag teams. They're going to focus on it. As we've seen the tag team championships, Omega and Hangman. We've seen um, the the Dark Order as they've gone after it. We know that we have the Young Bucks that are there. Are you excited to see what FTR hosting a tag team appreciation night will look like on August 12th? Yeah, I'm
1: looking forward to it. I like tag team wrestling. I like good tag team wrestling. I think there are some good tag team wrestling matches that are much better than even good uh singles matches because there's so many more characters that are able to tell a story uh so you have the ability to really get a little more in depth i guess you could say into a wrestling match with tag team wrestling i enjoy it i'm looking forward to this uh they've already teased what legends in the tag world of tag teams do you want to see return um to to this night coming up tag team appreciation night in a few weeks so i'm looking forward to even seeing what uh what legends return you know i'm big on that uh you and i know you guys aren't as big as me
2: so are you saying Um, you're big into old people
1: (laughs) i like uh mm. yeah I'm, i'm big into uh old people i guess sure i'll go in that
0: Chris, how do you feel about old people I'm very respectful of old people. They paid the generation, they paid the path for us to the 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 better generation. They've set the uh, groundwork for us. I think they're great. Personally, as far as the tag team movement goes in AEW, i mean, I'm with you guys. I mean, obviously tag team wrestling can be more exciting than singles matches because there's just more that can happen. There's a lot more action involved, but you know, the one thing that's been missing for a long time is the focus on it and the credibility. You know, nobody it's hard to get into a tag team match when you know, you you know that the company doesn't care about it, so why do you care about it? And we've seen that for years with WWE. AEW has put the focus on tag team wrestling since the launch of the company, and you do have a fantastic tag team division with tag teams that were kingpins in their divisions all over the world before AEW existed. You look at a team like Ortiz and Santana, who were tops of Impact Wrestling, who. Have been, you know, big players in, in or AEW, but aren't necessarily the top dogs in AEW. And that just tells you the depth of the division. And I love the idea of this appreciation night, although I do think it's funny they've already announced one singles match for that night. I thought it was just going to be a night of tag teams. Well, you've got to believe and keep
2: in mind what their roster, what most of the AEW's roster consists of up and down is a lot of singles. Now, they don't just have an what I'll refer to as just mashup tag teams. They have true tag teams that are there. Obviously one of the top ones that's there now, FTR also having the young bucks that are there. So you got to believe there's going to be a mix in with that. Cause one of the things that AEW has been very good about doing that, you know, we I've been more so critical on WWE about is those neglected stories that they just fall through the cracks. So you got to believe that they're not going to ignore that. Now, like I said, we saw the AEW tag team championship Put on the line as Kenny Omega took on Hangman Page, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Excuse me, took on (laughs) Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. You miss everything, Chris. Captain Literal, all of us. So um, we saw that match take place, and one of the things that honestly, and I'll go ahead and say, I've I was critical of it, but one of I enjoy the interfeuding between Omega and Hangman in terms of the way that it seems like FTR, even when they signed their contract, Hangman came out, he offered them whiskey, which we I got to talk with Hangman. Shots or shots and chugs or chugs. He poured some pretty big shots for himself, but that's neither here nor there. But I enjoy the infuting that's going on there, and I'm intrigued to see how it turns out because it looks like uh, even a – You know, a huge tag match that took place later on we'll talk about here shortly. It looks like we could be working our way to that with the Young Bucks and Omega, ultimately in Hangman and FTR. But what did you guys think of the AEW Tag Championship match, Chris, that took place? And are you ready to see Hangman and Omega drop the belts? Or do you think it's another team that's worthy, i.e. an FTR?
0: Oh, no, I think it's definitely time to explore the idea of them dropping the titles. I think they've held them long enough. I don't know that Dark Order was the team to beat them, so I wasn't uh, dissatisfied with the fact that that Omega and Page won last night. That said, I did think that both Evil Uno and Stu Grayson looked incredible last night. They put on a great match uh, with Omega and Page, and uh, really, you know, looked like they belonged. So, you know, kudos to them for that. I thought the match was great, and I'm with you with the, the kind of the inner fighting there with Omega and Page. I think. If anything, to compare it, if I have to compare it to something with WWE, it's a lot like Team Hell No. You know, that thing with Daniel Bryan and Kane had that great dynamic there where, yes, they were thrown-together team, but they were a team for a while before they eventually did go their separate ways, and you always wondered which one was going to turn on the other first. So I do like that dynamic, too.
2: And Road Dogg, as we saw even at the start of the match, Hangman came out first. He basically got the match started before Omega even came out, and while he was still on the ramp, Kenny Omega even kind of, Gave a blank look like, what are you doing? At what point do you think it's either going to be a true drop of the title or do you think that these two are actually just going to feud as tag team champions and that will lead to the cause of the drop?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be option B there. The feud is going to end up costing them the titles at some point and then we'll probably get a singles angle with uh, the two of them after that. I think we would have already had this if uh, COVID had not have happened. I think they were they were hinting at this kind of strongly um, before I believe uh, Hangman had to go away. What was for the birth of his uh, child uh, when all COVID started. Uh, so I think they were started. I think we were going to have it at um, the last pay per view, but or, but we didn't. So I do think we'll get that eventually because I think both of these guys are. I, I'm enjoying them as a tag team, but I would like them better as singles guys. I know that's Kenny's claim fame right over in new japan that's right matches with stuff and and i think hangman both of these guys are very supportable uh single stars and i would look forward to a hangman uh run i've i've really grown to enjoy his character over the growth of the year or so of aew or not even uh yeah almost a year right
2: yeah a little over a year actually now one match that honestly i give them credit because they found just a good use to use as many superstars as they could It was best friends and friends taking on the inner circle. It opened up AEW's Dynamite from Daly's Place. And one of the things that you know, Road Dogg, is about a match with this many people in it, it's just hard to control the chaos. But the chaos seemed to just be fun. It seemed to be entertaining. And just with the team that you had there, with a match with this many people that's in it, obviously we know they come far and few between, or we hope they do. Did you expect more anarchy to be there? Did you expect to even see more dirty dealing to take place in this? Or were you just – did you expect this outcome to come about because where we got to see the continuation or – yeah, the continuation of the feud that's going to come about with – Orange Cassidy uh, and Chris Jericho. As well as Hardy and uh, who was just recently – Gavar. yes, I drove blank on his name, excuse me. Uh, we got a chance to see where that story's going to pick up. I felt like it was a great use of so many superstars to continue a multitude of different feuds that was there. Adam, what did you think of this one, particularly opening up Dynamite with this match?
1: I was surprised it opened up the show, honestly. Uh, I talked about this match a little bit this morning with home team in Hamilton. When name I dropper. <laughs> when I joined them to wa- and walked that aisle, our wedding segment that we do uh, every week with them. And... Wait,
2: you're getting I, married? <laughs> Congratulations. talk no, my man. There is
1: no news to break. But Woo! Caitlin Henderson did think that the segment entitled Walk That Isle" was a segment about wrestling. and I mean, about wedding. I was planning. about to say it is
2: about wrestling. What is <laughs> it about?
1: She thought it was about wedding planning. Okay, so we hold on. Correct. Not to
2: cut you off. Do you need to get some water or something in you? You've been out in the sun. You've had a long it's work It's been a day. hot day. <laughs>
1: No, but, um, you know, I, I'm not a big fan when it comes to these, what was that, an eight-man tag or a ten-man ten tag? Ten-man ten ten man man tag. Ten-man tag, yeah. Um, so I'm not a big fan of that. I think it can get a little too much. Uh, there's a, There can be a lot going on. You don't know really what to pay attention to. You have to rely on the cameras to kind of – lead you to where you need to be looking uh, and watching during the match but this match was all right it was fun I, I'm a big uh, I keep saying I'm a big fan of everything I'm just a big fan of AEW but I'm a big fan of what the inner circle I've enjoyed that faction we've talked about it on this show before I believe all three of us are fans of factions like that and they're definitely better as heel uh, heels uh, so it was okay for what it was I'm not a big fan People in one match, but it did show you a lot of people. And you're right, uh we did get the we did pick back up with Matt uh, Hardy and Sammy. Uh, we saw the the evolution of uh, Orange Cassidy and Jericho, and who knows what else we'll get from it.
0: Well, yeah, and it was a fun match to open the show for me. I mean, it's kind of that that old WCW Nitro vibe, of where you know they would start the show with the cruiserweights. A lot of times that would be the six man tags or the eight man tags, or you have like the Vianos and all these different. Uh, you know, luchador wrestlers that... I mean, yeah, it was a lot of chaos, but it was fun. And, you know, you didn't necessarily have... It wasn't a match that you're meant to sit there and really concentrate and look for the story there. It's almost like to turn your brain off and just watch a lot of crazy action. And I think that's what you got a lot of last night, but you did tell a story. Uh, I was really interested to see where the Matt Hardy-Sammy Guevara feud was going to go before Sammy got suspended. Now that he's back, you can pick back up with that. I do like that. And I've just thoroughly enjoyed the Jericho-Orange-Cassidy feud and... I mean, it just gets better and better, and uh, I'm, I'm glad they're, they've are they been doing that, and we'll see if it goes beyond two weeks from now and they've announced the, the match between the two, but uh, maybe it'll go to all out. Who knows?
1: I have a question real quick. I don't mean to cut in, uh, John. I, and I just want to talk about um, Orange Cassidy as a wrestler well, uh, and, and kind of his gimmick, which kind of spoofs wrestling. Um, if you ever listen to any of Jim Cornette's podcasts, he is definitely anti uh Orange Cassidy and that kind of stuff. What do you guys feel about the fact now, I uh, again, uh something we talked about this morning, uh I I talked about this morning with Hump Team and Hamilton when it comes to Bianca Belair. I don't believe it I don't like it when she hits people with her hair and I'm supposed to believe that is super painful in any way. Uh how do you guys feel about the fact that Orange Cassidy does these moves where he puts his hands in his pocket or he comes up and does the, the you know, the little shin kicks building up to uh, nothing? I mean, uh, I
2: think one of the things that you have to have the and you have to have the right person. And I think Chris Jericho is someone that will go along with that. We've even seen old footage of uh, Bully Ray. Um, he's done it with them where you know, doing the once he puts his hands in his pockets, and I understand it where a lot of people are, well, what does that do? It does nothing. Nothing happens there. But also at the same time, and maybe because I know the backstory of uh the people's elbow, where it is one of those scenarios of, you know, you've got to jump over the person to execute this move. And yes, I get it. It's the difference between an elbow and literally a nudge to the shin, but it is still a fun gimmick that's there. And I think it's one of those things that it's not just that. It's his persona, where he comes out, it's this low walk. Even, Adam, you didn't join us, but Chris, you remember when they were here at Phillips Arena. Even when the show was off, it was off air, TV was off, they came out, they were throwing out mints and shirts and stuff to the crowd. He literally took the mint, it went two inches in front of him. It was his persona that he embodied that's just one of those things that, if he didn't do things like this, you'd look at him as he's another cruiserweight. It's one of those things it caught my attention immediately to watch him when he does the dive over the top rope with his hands in his pocket of, all right, this kid's nuts, but I'm intrigued to just watch and get the laughter from it.
0: Well, and then you look at him, like, he totally lives the persona, obviously. He is he's the, one of the few examples now where you believe the gimmick. I mean, he is Orange Cassidy at this point in his career. And like you said, you know, if you look at him, if he was to, in fact, he's you know, if you look at the history of his character, where he's been, Uh, You do some research on Wikipedia, which obviously not the most reputable. We've got to
2: discuss your sources sometimes, (laughs) uh, Chris.
0: Look, I know we're in the era where you can't say a a single statement without a source anymore, but either way. No, I'm not. I'm just saying what you know, you can search for it on Google and find this. You know, he had an independent career before the Orange pa- Cassidy character where he was a masked wrestler, and he didn't really stand out. This character gives him a way that he stands out. He does look like just another cruiserweight and not really an impressive one at that, but the character gives him another, you know, takes him to a whole other level. He does this to a point where he's not taking it seriously, but then when he actually does, the, the moments like the feud, uh, the match with Pack, when he just went all out on him, and that's when the crowd got the biggest, when he finally, quote-unquote, tried and to me that's what's made that's what makes him work against, you know, a bigger name even if you don't really think he has any business beating a Chris Jericho, that doesn't mean that he can't have a rivalry that is fun and entertaining. Well, I mean, you're
1: 100% right about that. You can still have the rivalry and have fun with it. But if that's your gimmick, um and I and I get it, that is his gimmick. I completely agree with you guys about that. And he's and he does it and he lives it, it in the ring at least on camera. Uh, are you painted into a corner? Could you ever buy him as any champion? Now, I definitely don't see him as a like the world champion, but could you see him as, as holding any championship belt other than maybe a tag team in any singles?
2: At some point in time, even though, think back. Did you ever think a guy who would take a silk cobra out of his pants, put it on his hand, spin it around, and basically just slap you in the face to call it a finishing move would be a multi-time champion? Now, it did lead him into other little gimmicks and at some point in time you're right he will have to break out of it but also the mandible claw became a very po- posable gimmick as well and that le- and cactus jack mankind had a had a hall of fame almost worthy career it extended his career to add that to it so it's those little nuances that if he starts adding other move sets into it it's going to build from there. It's going to continue on from there. So it's just the development of the character. But one of the beauties that also goes along with it is when you have, and I go back to it right now, when you have a Chris Jericho who's going to just be over the top and go with the gimmick more as well, it makes it more credible. It makes it more valuable. It makes it more, let's not forget, in its pure its form, this is still sports entertainment.
1: Chris, could you see him as getting a, a singles run? I could, As a but champion. I don't
0: see him being the AEW World Champion. But in a situation where, depending on who the, the TNT champion is, especially when you're, you know, defending the title week in week out, I could definitely see. You know, I see Orange Cassidy being a guy who can get that upset win every once in a while. You know, a roll up or something where he catches somebody off guard. He's not going to be a long term champion, and you're not going to put him in a situation, at least in his current state, to be a world champion, the the flag bearer of the company. But he could definitely be a mid card style champion, like the TNT title. I would. Have no problem with that at all.
2: And speaking of the TNT champion, we saw Cody Rhodes as he continued on. He took on Warhorse. I was very impressed with Warhorse. I enjoyed the match, but I enjoyed the end of the match a little bit more. As former WWE superstar Zack Ryder has now become All Elite, going by his real name Matt Cardone. Now, as he came out, Chris, I'll be honest, he looked like the blueprint from uh, Impact Wrestling. He looked a little bit bigger. He put on some weight. Uh, what's his name, Matt? Matt Morgan. Matt Morgan. So he looked like a bigger wrestler, and I'm excited to see where he goes with this.
0: Well, he's going to come out into the ring with guys. You know, overall the wrestling wrestling pool in AEW, the wrestlers themselves aren't exactly as big as what you would normally see in WWE. Zack Ryder didn't really stand out as tall in WWE, but now he's going to because he's going to be a bigger guy. But yeah, it was good to see him. Honestly, when uh, they teased on Impact Wrestling recently that uh, uh, formerly known as Kurt Hawkins can't remember his name, his real name, but he's about to debut for them. I honestly thought that he would end up in impact with, with Curt Hawkins, and they may you know, rekindle their tag team or do something together there. But seeing him be in AEW, that's a big pickup for them. All always thought he was totally underutilized in WWE. never really got the chance to fully get over, even when he got himself over by himself. And obviously that's probably what ended up biting him in the backside in the end because the big machine didn't get him over, but... I mean, it's good to see him, and we'll see where it goes from that. I wouldn't be surprised if you know, you see him maybe turn on Cody down the road and we get them for the TNT title. That's
1: exactly what I was about to say I hope doesn't happen, at least not next week. I don't want him to come in and just immediately – because didn't we kind of get that from um, – and Brian Mer- uh, Myers is who you were thinking of, and now I can't think of who I'm thinking Sean of. Sean Spears? Uh, yes, Sean Spears. Uh, that was kind of the storyline we got with Sean Spears uh, right away as he, when he made his debut uh, I, I just hope we don 't get that i don 't want them to i don 't mind it down the road i 'm sure it has to probably happen at some point eventually uh, those two feud, and the, you know they have this real life friendship, so that will probably help that feud out on t v um, but I hope it doesn 't happen at least next week, uh, but I am excited to see him with a e w he 's one of the ones I think that was good for them to go out and get. He has talent. I mean, look at what he did at WWE. Uh, I know they're going to say they never hold anybody back at WWE, but it sure did seem like they did that to him, and he got himself over.
2: Uh, and I think that's what's going to be a big advantage for him and AEW as a whole exactly. because for what he did for himself individually, if he can do that as a comp- for a company where what he did on just his YouTube channel, creating his own title, creating his own internet buzz, it's not to say that AEW's not – been take been going like a wildfire from what they've done but now you have a superstar who promotes himself just like that I think that's that added little extra buzz and I know you have Chris Jericho who does his things obviously the young bucks they started with their internet sensation and going up and down on the indies and even what they do with the AEW TNT championship where basically he is taking on indie indie opponents that are bringing indie eyes to it I think what he can do just in terms of this social media world that we live in, this social media platform that we're in, I think he can be a component that can actually help push them to that next level.
0: Well, he just seems like a natural fit for AEW when you really think about it. Because of what he did to get himself over, Is he, he was almost AEW before there was AEW. You know, he's one of the first ones to really go out there on social media using YouTube to get himself over, much like the Bucks would later do, like Cody and Omega and, and all of the elite would eventually do. That led to the formation of, you know, the pay-per-view event all, all in and then eventually AEW. So it's almost just, it just feels right. To have you know the former Zach Ryder be a part of this company. Now, also we got to
2: see John Moxley and Darby Allen as they took on uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. We've seen this two weeks in a row, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And I was watching this as I'm a part of the Braves Radio Network broadcast crew. I had it on in the TV and in the other room. Was dropper. A- yes, you're right. Thank you very much. How many times will you say Tony Schiavone throughout a broadcast? Let's find out. Well, but- zero
1: so far today.
2: <laughs> Give it time. Uh, but we saw, as I had it on in the other room, and uh, our wrap-up and post-game guy, Kevin McAlpin, he even brought up, are those tax real? And that seems to be the question, and Joe and home team brought that up to you, Adam, like the tax, It's been something that keeps coming up. Are they going really a little too hardcore old school? And what do you feel about it, where we're seeing guys are literally getting their back raked up?
1: I like it. I reached out to my good friend Tony Shavani earlier today. One. Uh, via t- <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, I like it. I, I yeah, exactly what I was talking with Home Team and Hamilton both weeks when that has happened. It has made me, my <laughs> yeah, exactly make that noise and my body kind of cringe, uh, because man, that thing those uh, like I said with Home Team, I don't know what hurts worse. I, I have no doubt that it hurts when you get a skateboard slapped into your back or you get. Uh, suplexed onto a pile of um, thumbtacks, but when they're getting pulled out of you one by one, I wonder if that's a little bit more painful, but just because it's lasting so much longer uh, than the initial impact. But, yeah, I, I you know, it's all right. I don't mind it. Um, I don't want to start seeing it every week. I know we've seen it now two weeks in a row, uh, thumbtacks being used, but it's okay. I don't mind the hardcore Edge uh, putting in on some matches.
0: Don't you guys know that those are gimmicked? Thumbtacks, you know those didn't really hurt. These guys are fine; they're not really bleeding, right? Somebody probably said that out there, some internet troll. But I mean, I'm fine with seeing that every once in a while. I'm not. I used to be. I think when I was younger, I might have been more angry, so I enjoyed hardcore matches a little bit more back then. But I don't know. I seem to have lost my taste for them. Uh, You know, I'll you know give give me one every so often in a really heated rivalry. But I don't need to see that week in week out on weekly television. You know, Omega and. Moxley and their crazy, uh, uh, you know, unsanctioned match, you know, that was fine every once in a while. But again, I don't need to see thumbtacks two weeks in a row. That was a little much.
1: Yeah, but they I, were different. At least you got to give them credit for that. The, it wasn't just spill them out into the ring and, and go and with suplex it. You on it. And again.
2: from my, from my angle, even where, because I didn't have the sound on where I was watching it and just to see it and realize, Oh, there's tax there. Okay. I enjoyed the creativity that came out of it. I, I, I enjoyed the match. So, overall throughout all of uh, aew dynamite Adam what was your favorite match of the night
1: uh my favorite match of the night uh, I, I liked the warhorse guy he kind of gave me that ultimate warrior vibe just smaller yeah a little smaller but a lot he, you know, smaller he, he he had that vibe going with a little bit of the face paint and his uh, mannerisms in the ring and he could he actually had a little bit more of move- a bigger move set than the three that the ultimate warrior could do
2: hey man look kevin nash once said i do five moves and i do them well ultimate (laughs) warrior did three meals had three moves he did those three moves well Uh,
1: so i enjoy that i'm enjoying the t and uh you know cody every week so i mean he's going to compete during the uh, tag team uh, event as well. I don't know if that's the one match you were talking to, uh, talking about Chris, but, I mean, he'll he'll be defending his title because he does it every week uh, that week as well. So I, I've enjoyed it uh, with uh, Cody Rhodes.
0: Well, the match I was referring to, Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho will have their next matchup on that same night. They have the debate next week, and then the following week is when they'll have their actual singles match. But that I guess that'll make two singles matches for the show unless Cody ends up wrestling as a tag team takes the night off from defending the belt or something. Who knows? But uh, for me, no, I enjoyed the tag team mat- title match with uh, Omega and Paige against Dark Order. I think that was well wrestled. Uh, I did enjoy War Horse. I had actually gotten a little bit of a, an early scouting report from our, our man on the, uh, the scene, uh, Southern Honor Wrestling. Tony Giovanni? Uh, Brandon Benefield, our oh, friend of the show. You're no, no, I'm man. not. I actually. Uh, other than a few uh, emails over the years, I don't know Tony Schiavone, so I can't name drop him.
2: You're dropped uh, Brandon Menneville. You're still you know, dropping
0: dropped. Yeah, I had to join. You know, y'all are dropping names. Why can't I do it? But B-Double, you know, kinda, he had attended uh, an independent show with uh, War Horse on it at maybe a year ago where he was kind of being touted as like one of the rise, fastest rising independent wrestlers out there. So I was definitely interested to see kind of what he brought to the table, and I, I was impressed.
2: Uh, then that's gonna be a hat trick because I agree that was my favorite match of the night.
1: So do you? But do you all like the idea with this TNT Championship where they're bringing in people who are maybe getting one-offs, maybe signing a deal afterwards, or do you think that people on the actual roster should be getting these title shots? I think you should. MGF was making some good points uh, over the last few weeks about his record and not being considered for the, um, uh, you know. Uh, moxley's uh championship and and it sounded so weak at the end of the the broadcast when in my opinion it sounded weak when they said all right uh our champion uh, john moxley is going to face off against the number five ranked defender uh in um darby allen next week where i think we should get some title shots on these people who are actually on the roster who are going to have an opportunity to
0: win No, I agree with you. Like, to me, it's... I, I like the idea of bringing in a surprise, you know. Every now and then, yeah, I don't mind that. And you know, if you read into what this extra new show that they're supposed to debut here, uh, maybe in the next uh, few months, the extra hour of programming they're supposed to get, it sounds like it's going to be something along those lines where they're going to have independent stars and folks that aren't actually part of the company maybe come in to you know get those shots against somebody that's on the AEW roster. That's fine there. Maybe maybe you know he defends the TNT title in that situation on that show too. But for me, I mean, you know, the television title in WCW, which is what we're comparing this to, wasn't you know William Regal def- or Stephen Regal defending it against you know some random person from ECW. It was typically somebody that was on the roster, and you know he might defend the title in a series of like three matches over the course of three weeks with the same guy, but each match was a little different, and it was interesting. I, I think part of the thing is they wanted him to have new challengers every week, and I get maybe they were worried that they would run through that main AEW roster real quick. Well, who said that, you know, he can't, you know, face the same person, you know, a couple weeks in a row if the matches are good and they tell a good story and they progress, I, you know, I think there's a way to do it without having to consistently bring in somebody new.
2: Yeah, I think going, going to the well with these, you know, I don't want to call them unknowns because they are known on the indie circuit in wrestling, but it's going to have to mix some other individuals in there that are going to be able to add a little bit more to it and give it a little bit more prestige. Where right now it almost seems like, for lack of a better term, it the million-dollar million dollar title when he handed it off to uh, the ringmaster to later become Stone Cold Steve Austin. It almost seemed like that where you kind of knew who the guy was. He gave it to him and that's what it was. But even to some degree, that's what the FT, FTW title is where it's really only had, what, two people who have held it. So it has to add a little bit more to it so it will have a little bit more nuance and a little bit more prestige to it. Well, coming up. We go over the top rope, and one of the things that we're going to find out, did we publicly see Adam Gillespie get declined by a WWE superstar? He likes to get creepy. I think she got a little bit upset. She might be listening like you guys can. If you download the Extra 106.3 app, follow us on social media, Twitter, and Instagram. You're listening to Extra 106.3, the finishing move. Big John Radcliffe, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, Chris Colwell, live from Cobb County.
0: First, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your message. It was so sweet of you to write me. Um, I'm extremely flattered uh, with your request. Um, But unfortunately, I am seeing someone. Um, But I know that there's someone out there for you.
2: Welcome back to The Finishing Move live from Cobb County in the Wellstar Health System Studios. Big John Radcliffe, Adam Road Dogg, Gillespie, Chris Colwell. And what you just heard, I don't know how much you guys have ever spent to try and get a date and operative that I said, try to get a date as this gentleman spent 400 bucks for the popular site cameo to send it to Alexa Bliss and ask her on a date. Now she's seeing someone and ultimately he got rejected. Chris, I don't
0: think you met your wife that way. And if you did, don't admit to it right now. No, I'm not going to admit to it now. You know, I might have spent a little bit on the actual first date, but that was confirmed when we actually went on the date. But, uh, no, I did not spend $400 just to ask my wife to go on a date with me. Now, Road Dog, were you the person who spent
2: $400 to see if Alexa Bliss wanted to go on a date with you?
1: No, but you know it wasn't me because, first off, she wouldn't have said no, as I pointed <laughs> out on Twitter earlier today. And second off, I would have taken a different route. I would not have uh, uh, spent $400 on Cameo or whatever. I think I would have gone uh, the route of giving her the hog or... Uh, you know, some, some, something The like
2: age-old uh, male appendage pick. <laughs> oh, no,
1: what are talking That's what I thought he meant. <laughs> is that, that, that the way you <laughs> were going, you bro? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, she's into pigs. She has a pet pig. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just, you're the one, I'm like, I hey. I mean, a creepy I, road the
2: dog, <laughs> I mean, you wanted to go creeping, so I figured that was the way you were going was, uh, hey, look at here. Wow. <laughs> um, look. I don't know what happened to the days of just, you know, I, I've been married a long time. You go, you meet a girl at a bar somewhere, but to spend 400 bucks and try and catch her on Cameo, good for him to shoot a shot and waste 400 bucks, but good luck for him. But coming up Monday, Road Dogg. As you probably saw during AEW, the AEW Unrivaled Collection will be released. And it made me wonder for you as well, Chris, but Road Dog, you first. We know that you're a collector of AEW and or now AEW, I guess, but you collect WWE action figures or dolls. Um, what will be the action first figures. three? What will be the first three that you're looking to try and add to your collection, or are you even looking to add them to your collection?
1: No, I'm going to be at Walmart on Monday looking to add them to my collection. Uh, if I hope to get the whole set of the first series, big money uh, in the trip on Monday. But uh, you know, if I could only pick out three, I definitely would do Cody. Um, Oh, that's hard. Uh, I want Jericho, but I would like the Young Bucks. But that's four. Can I package the Young Bucks together?
2: It depends on the way that they're packaged in the store. Oh, well,
1: then they're going to be packaged together. So those are my three.
2: Okay, Colwell. What about you? I don't know. Are you going to collect any of the uh, AEW Unrivaled collection uh, action figure? I
0: don't figures? know that I will right now. Although maybe three, four years from now, maybe my son will want some AEW action figures. He'll be old enough at that point. But. Uh, if I was to, I would definitely go with our close personal friends of the show, the Young Bucks, who did come on and, you know, talk to us earlier in the year. Cody Rhodes maybe too, but, uh, you know, that would be the, the route I would go. But it looks to me, Road Dog on the side I'm looking at, that both the Bucks are separate, not together. Well, it's lucky
2: like you'll have a decision to make. I, I think I, I think we're unanimous on Cody Rhodes. I think I'm going to go with Road Dog, one of Road Dogs and Chris Jericho. I think he's someone I'd like to add to. And i got to go Kenny Omega. And one of the reasons I'm going with Kenny Omega is i gotta be, I got to believe that as once Omega is back to being a single superstar again or singles wrestler, that he's going to go through the different costumes like he did in New Japan where he came out as the Terminator, where he came out in all the different ones. And I think that's going to be really cool if they were to do something like that. So I think uh, Kenny Omega would be my third one uh WWE we had, we haven't talked a lot about them lately but evidently we've talked about the declining ratings that they've had on both Raw and SmackDown well it looks like they've added some major parts to their writing team that being Edge for Raw and Daniel Bryan being added to SmackDown Chris do you think these two are going to help to try and let's just say it write the ship and make this a more entertaining broadcast are they going to have enough or Is uh, Mr. McMahon behind the scenes still too much for it all?
0: Let's be honest. It doesn't matter if you have the brightest writing minds in the history of wrestling or entertainment of any kind. As long as that filter has Vincent Kennedy McMahon's name written all over it, it's going to come out looking the same every week, every month from here on until he's no longer doing this, which, you know, by all intents and purposes may mean he's no longer with us on this earth because I don't see him retiring, to be honest with you. And, I don't I mean sure that I'm sure they bring some cool creative ideas and we might see a few things out of this but it's not going to make a big big splash overall I don't think. Now Road Dogg, you know, we talked about it
2: earlier how you like the legends coming back. Obviously Edge being one of them and I guess we can say Daniel Bryan if he's not there for he's there for some people, he's making his way there for others. Are these two going to be able to do enough to help right the ship? I mean, in ring competitors, we've seen it through AEW where the way that it started was wrestlers could never start a company. They went off, they did it. Would it help having two like these guys who, Daniel Bryan, let's just face it, at one point he was actually fired from WWE?
1: Yeah, well, I think Daniel Bryan is a very smart guy and very creative. Uh, I think we've seen that in some of the, his uh, characters and how they've come across on TV. So I think, and he's very versatile. Uh, you know, when he was the uh, GM, right, for um, SmackDown, I guess it what was. But you
2: was for, saying two-syllable words this week. Good job, get them out at,
1: in one yeah, shot. Proud of you. Uh, but... Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I, I think if given the opportunity, can they get any worse? So I mean, why not give it a shot?
2: <laughs> Fair point. Well, we talked about it, Mister McMahon. He says that a WWE superstar, he's missing something. Alistair Black. He wants to repackage Alistair Black. He's saying that he's missing something. Road Dogg, do you agree? Have they given Alistair Black enough time to say that he's missing something? Or do you see that there's something that's missing to get to the next step? And one of the ways I'll use this comparison to say it, and I, maybe I speak for all of us Cesaro. Cesaro's an amazing in ring talent. He does not, he never needs to hold a microphone ever. Do you think Alistair Black, when I put that comparison out there, if that what Mr. McMahon is seeing?
1: If that's what he feels he's missing, okay, sure. Uh, maybe he's not the best on the mic. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. But this is another case of a guy or gal who was getting over in NXT, and Alistair Black was. He was being used in NXT in situations and put into positions where he was successful, he was over with the fans, he was doing well, and then they come up to the main roster, and whether it's just McMahon not understanding uh, Triple H's vision for them down at uh, NXT, uh, and or he doesn't feel like that will fit on the uh, main roster, it's it's them screwing it up. The thing that's uh, you know the missing is is Triple H's vision uh, for a successful company.
0: Well, I think ultimately the issue here is you know, that's kind of a gritty character, and it's one that. I mean, it's definitely different, and that's the one thing. You look at him and you see his entrance and everything. He does not look like the rest of everybody else that's out there, and that should be a plus and a good thing because you see a lot of guys that kind of look the same or, you know, they just have a generic character. There's not a whole lot to them. He is different, but if the creative team on Raw or SmackDown doesn't Uncreative. Uncreative un- team. Yes, yeah, sorry, John. Uh, if they don't understand the character, then how, you know, they're just not going to be able to write for it. I'm not saying that this character is not something that... You can't understand. I just don't know that they've either, A, put in the time to figure it out, or maybe it's Vince that hasn't figured it out. He doesn't understand the character. He's a great in-ring wrestler. He brings something different with, with his ability with his legs to do the kicks and stuff like that. But, you know, Triple H probably is someone who did understand the character. And I think that's also a character that could flourish somewhere in an NXT where, you know, they don't have... NXT doesn't have the corporate feel of a Raw or SmackDown. They obviously don't have the same... Type sponsors and stuff like that, so NXT does overall feel a little grittier than Raw or SmackDown, and maybe that's why he flourished there. But he's not flourishing on the main roster. I think part of the
2: Four problem, years. I think part of the problem, goes to the fact that uh, CM Punk was a gritty looking wrestler, and I think Vince McMahon still doesn't get that portion of it. I think he's going for the easier look. I think if he could have gotten someone, and I'm just using him as an example, like a Brian Cage that comes out has muscles on top of muscles and looks like something like that. Sh- I'm sorry Road Dog's mic is messing up. Someone must have hacked in. Might have been Dave Batista, But that looks like that and I think even with CM Punk he didn't understand CM Punk. I think he still doesn't understand the tattoos, the look. He doesn't have a six pack. He's an athletic guy but he's not sitting out there. He's not even chiseled like a Seth Rollins and then when you come out there with this look that is more of not the traditional look, and I've said it here on multiple occasions, where Vince is still going back to what's easier, what's what's just the easy way to go. He's looking for that proverbial action figure, and that's what Alistair Black is not, but I think he's someone that could be marketed as much more,
0: and I think Vince is just missing the mark on it, Chris. Well, yeah, and you make the comparison to Punk, and you look at Punk's career, he really, I mean, what, what is Alistair Black missing that CM Punk has? A championship. The mic skills. The mic skills. skills. And honestly, Punk was not getting over on the main roster until he started getting the chance to talk on the microphone. He was never put in positions to succeed when he was first brought up to ECW and then was the world heavyweight champion on Raw when he cashed in Money in the Bank. He didn't get over until he got to do the Straight Edge Society gimmick when he finally started getting to talk, and that eventually led, obviously, to the Pipe bomb segment. But by then, you know, he would kind of cleaned up a little bit. He didn't have the long, stringy hair. He had the short hair like Vince likes. He, you know, maybe it's that gritty look was kind of gone from Punk by the time he really got pushed to the moon. Well,
2: hopefully he doesn't overlook another superstar, as we saw on WWE uh, Friday Night SmackDown. Kofi Kingston will be out for some time. Xavier Woods is currently out, and that leaves one member of the New Day out there, Big E Langston. Big E. Now, I've long since said it's been long overdue since Big E has had another run. For those who might remember, his Big E started off on the main roster where he came out with Dolph Ziggler and A.J. Lee. Do we think that we're going to see Big E, and is it time, Adam, for Big E to have a championship run and go for it, or will this just be something that they'll use him to tide him over and hold and get other superstars up there until we get the New Day back together?
1: Well, obviously, we're going to get a some sort of singles push. Uh, will he be going up against Braun Strowman for the Universal Title? I don't think so, not right away, at least. Um, you know, it's it's. I would like to see him in that. Um, it main event spotlight at some point down the line against somebody. and I definitely think he can hold his own. I think he's shown that he has a very gr- a, a great personality that comes across very well in his matches uh, tag team or singles. So I, I, I hope so. I want it. I, I, th- I think that'd be a positive.
2: Because Chris, we've seen him, if I remember correctly, I've seen him as a U.S. champion or an IC champion. IC champion. We've seen him as an IC champion. Is it long overdue that we've seen Big E with one of the bigger belts around his waist
0: I don't know if it's long overdue for him to be a world champion, but it's long overdue for him to get a shot at a mid-card title with a meaningful run. If you remember that IC title run didn't really, he beat Curtis Axel when Curtis Axel wasn't really over and it didn't mean anything. The IC title didn't have any value at that point in time. This is, 2013 2014 so getting him to get an actual meaningful singles push I'm all for it. I think it's been long overdue he deserves it I don't think he's ready for prime time he's not a world title ready guy like Kofi was last year but I think this could be the start of that let him go off against a guy like AJ Styles in a feud for the Intercontinental title see where that goes if he if he really uh, you know performs well in that spot then you know what you slowly move him up there I think there's a you know a chance for him to be maybe the singles guy for New Day for a little while you know, Once Kofi and Xavier both come back, they can be the tag team for a while. And we'll see what happens with Big E.
2: But now what happens with one of the most diverse groups that sold merchandise through that we've seen in WWE for a long time? Because, Adam, we know one of the things that the motto that they said it on air, but we probably really live it. They're going to do what's best for business. Do we think that they're going to separate the new day or will they all bring them back together, Big E being the champ? And we'll see Kofi and, and uh, Xavier Woods. As tag team champions and part of the same team,
1: I, I think this is a very successful trio. Uh, bring them back uh, all together, have them on the same page. If you feel like you need to break them up, do that some down the somewhere down the road. But kind of like Chris just uh, alluded to, you can kind of just interchange the parts there. Let uh, Kofi and Xavier tag- be the tag team for a little bit. If Big E has success with his singles run, let him ca- uh, continue with that when the other two come back. No, don't break them up. Keep them together right now. And you I- can interchange the parts to fit what storylines you want to tell with them.
0: I think they're so much more valuable together as a team than they would be separate. Unless, unless you feel like the, the push to get Big E over the top to be a world title contender is a heel turn. And if that's the case, then you might have to look at it. But... If your plan right now is to leave them as all baby faces or them to be aligned in some way, they're going to be all heels or they're going to all be baby faces. There's no reason to separate them because they are so good together. And we've already seen it work. You know, that used to be kind of the automatic. When it was time to push somebody in a team, then you needed to separate them from the team. But they proved it last year with Kofi Kingston that you didn't have to take him out of New Day. You could leave him there and he could be world champion for, what, nine months? Before he lost the title, I, I see no reason to split them up. You leave them together. The brand of New Day is bigger than all three of them right now, so I'd say leave it together.
2: New Day Rocks. New Day rock. We've got to come up with, like, some sort of champ, which, by the
0: way. move? No.
2: No. Which, by the way, uh, Adam, I don't think you were here when we had this discussion as we're done going over the top rope. But just a quick question for you, Adam. Uh, as Chris has crowned himself the champion of this show.
1: That's wrong. Um well, you were either before we, were either of y'all doing like the Finn Balor movements during that um, uh song no, I about, wasn't. I a, was. I
2: was. That does <laughs> Well, cuz you two just get to talking. I got to run the board around here. Let's just be honest. Let's be Okay, we're going to break. Uh Cole's taking his shirt off. This is getting weird. This <laughs> not a good no, night not to be there. He's actually stealing your gimmick. I'm a little bit disappointed in that. I uh, you know
1: That's what? Gimmick infringement.
2: It is time for the go home show cuz This show's just gotten weird. We were doing so well up to this point, but we made it 49 minutes. But you're listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3, live from Cobb County in the Wellstar Health System Studios. Big John Radcliffe, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, and Chris Colwell will be back as it's time for us to get ready for the Go Home Show. Go home!
0: That's your home! Are you too good for your home? Answer me! We always
2: say this. This is one of my favorite segments of the show, but really we only have like three segments for the show. So this is time for our go home segment of the show. You're listening to the finishing move live from Cobb County in the Wellstar Health System Studios. Big John Radcliffe, Chris Colwell, Adam, the Road Dog Gillespie. And for our go home show, we're on AEW. One of the things that FTR had an issue with was since they weren't officially signed, they didn't have a ranking. And so it got me to thinking, Road Dog, I'll ask you first. As Chris just asked me a very absurd question, so we're not even going to dignify his question with an answer. If you did your top five, your power ranking, they can be your favorites. They can be any makeup conglomeration of however you want them to be. But your top five between AEW and WWE, who would they be?
1: Tag teams or just in general? In
2: general, an overall makeup top five. if If it's the Young Bucks and you want them a tag team, knock yourself out. Hello?
1: Okay, Hulk Hogan.
2: Okay, you went into history, Steve but okay, that works. Oh, he said
1: all over. Uh, I don't know. You got to give me a little
2: more time than this. Um, I sent you a show. See, now here we go. Now this is what, no, we're going to cut the music here yeah, now. I sent you a show sheet, sent it out nice and early. And I know you were done early because you pulled the plug on the cheap seats before they were even done. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about that one off air. You pulled the plug on them before they were even done, and poor Hudson Mason is sitting there. I don't think they can hear us. You know we can hear you, Hudson.
1: (laughs) I shipped over a wire. (laughs) That's even better. (sighs) All
2: right, Colwell, we'll go to you. We are not including Impact Wrestling, man. Come
0: on, no, we're not. Come on, this. Ah, come on. What about New Japan?
2: You know what? I'll end this show.
0: I will okay. end this show right, right here, I right will now. Give it a try. Let's see. We're going to go number one with John Moxley. Number two, Drew McIntyre. Number three, Cody Rhodes. Number four, AJ Styles. Number five, e, let's just go with the Bucks, I guess. Road Dog, you ready?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'm in no order. Give me Chris Jericho. Give me Cody. Uh, give me The Fiend. Uh, I'm a big AJ Styles fan, he's my neighbor. And number five, I'm going to go with the tag, the tag team of FTR.
2: Okay. Uh, for me, I'm going Drew Mac- McIntyre, Moxley, AJ, Jericho, and Cody. I have no particular reason or no particular order that was going on there. It was just intriguing that, and I'd love to know other people's opinion of that, so you guys can hit us up on Twitter, JohnRad450, RoadDog680, Chris, I just forgot yours. It's not even joking this time. I really have.
0: At Bearded Colwell. It has not changed I, for months. I just said I forgot. Relax, man. Oh, gosh. You
2: hug. Why are you giving me such a hard time? I'm not giving you a hard time. I'm just, I forgot. You hurt my feelings. Well, due to COVID-19, I can't hug you, so you're on your own with that one. All right, guys. Well, we hope everybody's all quit Road dog, you still there? Or have you tripped over a cable I'm, again? No, I'm here. <laughs> All right, we're going to end the show. He's choking. He's remote. You guys have been listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. Live from Cobb County, Big John Radcliffe, Adam Gillespie, who hopefully he's okay. Chris Colwell. He may need to stay away for two weeks. Well, he's up there at Lake Lanier. He ain't here, so I'm good. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us. Tune in next week, 7 p.m. We'll be back again to talk all things wrestling. Until then... Hopefully Road Dog's back with us and he hasn't choked on something. We will talk to you soon, and we'll see you soon. Bye!
0: Wrestling's fake. Wrestling's not fake!